the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing great on this Tuesday afternoon as we're rushing towards uh, Christmas. I've got Pastor Bob Bender uh, with me uh, from Cross Fellowship. It's so so great to have you. Great friend, great pastor uh, in the city. We thank you so much for laboring so faithfully to the Lord. So how are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for the opportunity to be with you, buddy. Appreciate you. Pray for you. Thank God for your work in our city. And mm-hmm. it's an opportunity that I, that I cherish just to be with you, buddy. Yeah, it's great Great to have you. So, Well, Bob, I know that this year's been a year of transition uh, for you. I was, mm-hmm. I was looking on your guys' website. You've seen your pastor for 19 years at Cross uh, Fellowship, and the Lord led you to transition. So I know that Transitions can be wonderful and difficult. So, how did how did that go for you? Well, appreciate it. Been at it fifty five years, and mm. just thinking about it gets you tired, you know. <laughs> and so, seventy three years old, and the average pastor retires about sixty five. So, I kind of broke broke the barrier there. Yeah, and the average pastor ministers to about. Folks, 10 years either side of his age, you know, so okay. the older, older I got and get, then the less effective I'm going to be with young crowd, things are changing. And so we had the plan was to make the transition at one one twenty five, Eric. But as I began to think and pray and talk to a couple of my associates, and maybe it's time to go ahead and move into that, move toward that. Better people ask why now than how long. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) So uh, with their wisdom, I moved forward, took about a year to make the transition, and it went went very well. We had an XP, uh, an executive pastor from another church, said this is the smoothest transition he'd ever seen, Mm. and he had been in the ministry about 40, 50 years. That's awesome. Had a couple of associates who were optimum candidates, Yeah, and the search team, I let them choose who they wanted. You know, I didn't want to choose my own successor, let them choose who they want. And they chose chose a good one. Either one of them would have done great. Yeah. And Beverly and I worshiped there last Sunday. And mm. Eric, as we stood in, in the atrium, Beverly says, I know about one in 10 people here. <laughs> so a lot of new folks coming in. So it does your heart good to know that things are going well after you leave. Now, it does uh, work on your ego. You know, yeah. why couldn't that happen when I was there? But I think, Eric, we get to the place where, you know, uh, number one, I'm getting a little tired. Mm. There's tired of the work and tired in the work. Yeah. And when you get a little tired of the work, mm. uh, maybe you get a little edgy, you know, mm. and you begin to think and pray and, and you know, you want to give it your best. Right. thousand right. percent. Yeah. And when you can't do that, it's time to think and pray. And the decision was 100% mine and mm. time to make the transition. So as the, as the church went, couldn't have gone better mm. as far as personally as a different 
most of the difficult decision I ever made in my life. I bet. It's yeah. Different. You know? yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do nothing well. Right. You right. know what I mean? You're yeah. like that as well. Yep. So pedal to the metal, you know, in the fast lane. Yeah. And then trying to find that middle lane, which I'm continuing to seek. What does God have for me next? Yeah. And I'm not going to be on the right hand lane, you know, with my left blinker on. Right. The interstate. Like, yeah. Idiot, you know. Yeah. So we're in the God's waiting room. What does he have for me next? And Eric, yeah. you know, you and I preach a lot about faith. Yeah, we do. We better live it. That's right. Yeah. We better live it. And the Lord will put you in a place where you're tested and trusting God. Right. And and the next season's going to be a great one. So we're just happy that, and get, I'm getting happier. Yeah. And uh, needing the rest now. The church put me on sabbatical. Yeah. So it's been a good deal. Been yeah. a good deal as we look. And you like, you like it that way because you and I both know a lot of transitions don't go well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank prayer. I thank God. The healthy church. That's the deal, buddy. Yeah. When you have a healthy church, when you have a healthy staff and the spree de corps is positive and everybody loves everybody, generally speaking, you know, yeah. uh, that, that is the key. Yeah. That is the key, really. That's awesome. Because when you step back and you allow other leadership to step in, it can be conflict or it can be smooth. Right. Because right. when people step out of leadership and there becomes that leadership vacuum, right? people kind of gravitate to it. And when you have healthy people in leadership, Eric, it makes the transition right. go very, very smoothly. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited. Excited for you. Excited for Cross Fellowship. You know, 55 years of serving in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, What would you speak to pastors of how, how do you do this in a God-honoring way? How do you do it in a, in a healthy way? I think... The average lifespan of a pastor is something like eight years, uh, may, maybe a little less even mm-hmm. now, you know. So so what would you share to encourage pastors? Well, that's yeah. a good question. Oh, yeah. Prayer, patience, mm. and persistence. Mm. Prayer, patience, and persistence. Yeah. You got to have a strong spiritual core, Eric. <clears throat> yeah. If you don't have a strong spiritual core, uh, you're going to take some hits. Yeah. You got a target on your back. And if you don't have that strong spiritual core... And that abiding in the Lord and trusting the Lord, just saturate your life with prayer, save those mornings for God, mm. and start off the day with Him and let Him be your strength. Yeah. Prayer. And then patience. Mm. Patience and persistence. And they go together. Patience is more, you know, how do I respond to situations that are that are coming at me? Yeah. I've got to learn to respond and not react. Yeah. And not get in the flesh. Man, you get in the flesh. Uh, you're just giving people sticks to beat you over the head with. Right. So have just have some patience. We're in process here. This too shall pass. Yeah. And then persistence. Just hand to the plow and stay in it. The average tenure of a pastor 10 years ago was 3.6 years. Hmm. Now it's up to 4.6 years. So these are good trends. Yeah, that's great. Of course, in Colorado, it's longer. People get here and they love it. And they want to stay, they, yeah. they stick around, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... And just hang in there. I had the privilege in Austin being the longest tenured pastor of that church in a changing community in the shadow of University of Texas. Yeah. Had the privilege of being the longest uh, post-World War II pastor in Oklahoma. Okay. And then the longest tenured here. I think we give up too easily, Eric. Yeah. So you've really been at three churches primarily. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You you had long stints at each of those churches. Yes, yes. And uh, as far as pastoring goes, I don't know how it works with other jobs, but when you get to that third, fourth, fifth year, Hmm. that's when 
when the challenges come. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because yeah. folks, maybe they kind of, well, we know Honeymoon's who over. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The honeymoon's usually 18 months, so it's yeah. longer than that. But, but yeah, you're right. The reality sets in. So if you can just weather that third, fourth, fifth year, Pastor, if you're listening, mm. just hang in there and, and, and stay as long as you want, really. Right. If you do it right, you know. Yeah. And if you do things right, then it's just a joy. It's a joy to... I don't know what your spiritual gift is, Eric. Mine is pastor teacher. Yeah, yeah. So I want to stay in one place. I want to see people come to faith in Jesus. I want to see them grow. Right. I want to see them be sent as missionaries. Yeah. And that's going to happen. Not going to happen if you stay two, three, four years and just right. jump to the next place and flick the dust off the sermons and preach them all over again. You know, yeah. You got to stick with it. God honors pastors who just to stay in there stay in there and yeah you, you know the greats that you and i are across our nation right they're not hopping around they're yeah. staying in one place and that's God's true. using them and just prayer patience and persistence yeah. as i look back i think thank god for that man yeah that's a great word you know i think of all of the inconsistencies in our communities and cultures and families and when god raises up a man to to pastor lead serve and love God's people, to, to stay in there, stay consistent, and, and there's a lot to that for sure. So. I think people want stability. Yeah. And when you come into a church and there's my pastor, yeah. he's been here forever, you know, it's just something about it. I would say this, Eric, though, when when it was last spring, when the graduates came across the stage, mm. you know, and a couple of them said, well, pastor, you're, you're the only pastor I've ever had, mm. you know. It kind of brought tears to me because yeah, you for sure. stay in one place, you see people born, you see them grow up, and you see them sent off to college. And wow. It's a uh, soft place in your heart. Yeah, for sure. What a privilege. That That's awesome. As you think of those 55 years, you know, what are what are some of your greatest joys? What are some of the, the greatest difficulties? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to a break and come back. You're, we're talking to Pastor Bob Brender from Bob Bender from Cross Fellowship. Uh, stay with me. We're going to head to a break. We'll be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Oh, I have days to lose fire. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Hope that you're doing well and not stuck in traffic, that your day is going well. I have Pastor Bob Bender with me from Cross Fellowship, and he has just recently transitioned, and God's doing a lot of great work in his life. If you would like to join the conversation, you've got a question for us, a prayer request, you can give us a call. We're live in studio, 844-500-9673. 844-500-WORD. Or you can send me a text. It comes directly to me, 719-315-1726. Just before the break, Bob, we were talking about 55 years of pastoral ministry. You know, what are some of your joys? What are some of the the difficulties, you know? And I think uh, maybe people probably wonder that when they think about our lives as pastors, you know, like what what really charges them up? What were some of the joys and Mm -hmm. what are some of the difficulties? What are some of the joys? What are some of the difficulties? The ups and the downs. <laughs> the answer to both questions is the same. Hmm. People. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer, Bob. People, buddy. <laughs> hey, they're sheep. Yeah. They need a shepherd. Yeah. We're sheep. Yeah. We need to be shepherd as well. That's a whole different conversation. Right. But as I as I began, could I, 
tell a little anecdotal story here. Yeah, I think please. The, the yeah. story of my life is if God can use me, he can use anybody, Eric. Mm. I was an awkward, uh, introverted, left-footed mm. uh, high schooler. I couldn't even give an oral book report in, in English. Mm. I, had to, I had to take a C just to hand it. I, I can't speak in front of people. Mm. But here's the deal. I think this might be a, a word for somebody out there. There were five of us back in the day, Eric, on Wednesday mm. nights in a Southern Baptist church. You went to prayer meeting. Hmm. That was the adult prayer meeting. Then you had your youth meeting. Okay. So we're at prayer meeting in this Trinity Baptist Church in Lawton, Oklahoma, and five of us sitting on the front pew. And in in Ann Thompson, the pastor there, he gets up and pops off in front of God and everybody, and he says, I've got five opportunities here to preach in the next five, six weeks. I can't take all these things. Well, he had set them up himself, you know. Mm, right. And he said, well, I see five fine young men here on the front row. I believe they could take this thing. Yeah. So Eric, in front of God and everybody, he just announced where we were going. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Bender, I want you to go to the Fort Sill Indian School. Back then, it's what it's called, you know, there in yeah. Lawton, Oklahoma. And I want you to, John Brooks, go to this restaurant yeah. and everything. You see, he saw something in us we did not see in ourselves. Mm. Now, that is a great gift. Yeah, it is. And I thank God that he saw something in me and the other four we did not see in ourselves. God called us all five to preach. Mm. And so we're wow. called into the Amazing. ministry. It's yeah. wonderful, and he, you know, and I think we need to do that with others. And so that was a, a joy just to be able to to start off in ministry. Yeah, with somebody believing in you. you know? Yeah. Now my parents' dad was a, a pastor and a chaplain, and okay. he and mom modeled ministry well. Mm. They modeled ministry well, so it was something that was inviting for me to consider. Obviously, yeah. the call of God, right. And all three of my siblings uh, went into the ministry. So as we as we begin, we see God using people in our lives, seeing something in us, and uh, the story continues through seminary professors seeing something in you, you know, and and a navigator discipling me yeah. and others. You know, it's a kind of a, trem- a tremendous and, and probably a normal trajectory for some of us to just mm. to be trained. And the joy of, of seeing that in other folks, yeah. of seeing life change. The greatest yeah. joy in ministry is seeing life change. Yeah. Yeah. Adults. Right. Come to faith in Jesus. We had a doc across the street in Oklahoma. He had he had hired a hitman to kill his ex wife. Yeah. Wow. And we developed a relationship and and Eric had never been in a Protestant church before. Hmm. And he came one of our meetings. And God got a hold of him, and he came running down the aisle, and he just fell prostrate at uh, the altar. He didn't know mm. what he was supposed to do, you know, <laughs> but God got a hold of him. And the last thing I did when I, before I left, uh, as I left that church, he went on a mission trip with us. Mm. But just to see the, the life change that takes place mm. when you have, to, you have to invest in them, though, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. it's messy. Right. It's messy. It's not easy, yeah. And to see people's lives change, to see them respond to the power of the gospel and a ministry is life's greatest joy. Now mm-hmm. on the other side, it's people as well. Yeah. You know, they can be they can be challenging. Uh, yeah. Uh, sheep get uh, get sick and they kick, you know, and fight and whatnot. And uh, Eric, if I would we're to do it all over again. I, you know, we start off in ministry. We want everybody to like us. Yeah. You know, I, right. I, the, the fear of man. Yeah. You know, the seeking to please man. And I just let uh, folks get away too much. Quite honestly, I should have just yeah. stood up and said, look, we're not going to, we're not going to have this. It's right. not going to happen. You yeah. Know? 
uh, folks that get in a kind of a carnal attitude. Yeah, that's the only that's the only language they understand, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. Uh, my opinion. My opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, some church members uh, uh, maybe don't get their way at work, you know, and maybe don't get their way at home, and maybe life's challenging and. Yeah. I think maybe in the back of their minds, you know, I've got to justify my existence some way, you know, mm. so I'm going to have my way at church, you know, and, yeah. and kind of stir some things up. But, hey, they're sheep who need a shepherd. And, Eric, the, mm. the thing that uh, God used in my life more, it was hard. It was hard. But I never got in the flesh with them. I never mm. crossed them in, a, in an angry kind of way. Yeah. I, I would, would sit in my office, and I remember one, one visit mm. uh, one of our uh, deacons, spiritual leaders, I said, Bruce, that's just, we're just not going in that direction. Yeah. We're just not going in that direction. I almost said, you know, God has called one pastor of this church and it's me. Right. Not you. You know, yeah. I, you get in the flesh, you know, and you don't yeah. say things like that. You think it. <laughs> right. It's in your head. <laughs> yeah. But God gave me grace mm. just to deal with them in a grace kind of way. Mm. And when, when, they, when these contra folks needed somebody, I was the first one there. And my last church before I left, about five of them I got crossways with, you know, and and by the grace of God, Eric, all mm. five of them apologized either in person or in a letter or in a phone call after I'd left. Wow. Because if I'd gotten in the flesh and gotten combative, Started you know. Started fighting it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got an I've a, a office next to a guy in one church. He was quarterback for OSU. Uh, bless his heart, he never took off his helmet after he got in the ministry. Man, you got <laughs> you to take off the helmet. Yeah, yeah. Deal with people the way you'd want them to deal with you. Yeah. And God honors that in the long run. Now, it's hard, yeah. and but just, just people. Just yeah. people. The joy of seeing people's lives change and the challenge of working with them. And you win some, lose some. Yeah. You know? It was over 10 yeah. year, years ago, maybe even more like 13, and I was fairly new in senior pastoring at that point, and you guys hosted a lunch, our merge pastor's lunch uh, at your church, and, and you, you were sharing, and at the point, at the time, in those luncheons, you had to share a point of pain mm-hmm. and how God redeemed it, and you said this phrase, time is on the side of integrity, mm-hmm. uh, and shared how you endured some challenge in in, in pastoring and how tried to walk in integrity, and in time, God really honored that. And I, I've held on to that, and it, it's really served me well in times of difficulty of, Lord, help me not lose sight of my integrity, help mm-hmm. me walk in integrity, have endurance. And a lot of times in, in time, uh, the Lord the Lord really does does a work. And, and so I appreciate you sharing that uh, truth with me. And how, how have you seen that play out in your life? Just as you look back on pastoring, you know, that time is on the side of integrity. You just got to stick with it again. Prayer, patience, persistence. Yeah, we're we're in a season. We're in process. Yeah, this too shall pass. You know, I I looked up in my last church, accused of uh, embezzling three thousand dollars, and mm. and the uh, first time I got to respond to it in front of eighty people. You know, mm. I'm I'm uh, uh, thinking we're going to be out in the street. Yeah, this is a community of twenty thousand people. First Baptist Church. It's the you know kind of mm. the church in town and yeah. Uh, Eric, I I could hardly go to a ball game, football right. game. People look me in the eye, and think I'm you know, yeah, stealing money from the church. So it took several weeks for that to develop and evolve yeah. Yeah. and resolve. Yeah, and so that that was a challenging thing. But I thought, you know, uh, 
Truth is on the side of integrity. If we can just yeah. weigh this thing out, the facts are going to come out. Yeah. It's going to be revealed, and God's going to be honored in the end. Yeah. If we just hang in there and be patient and let God work, it always doesn't end like that. Right. Some guys get fired, yeah. but God is still on his throne. Life is not fair, yeah. but God is faithful, and Jesus is Lord. That's right. Stay with us. We're going to head to a break. We'll be right back. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Hope that you're doing well live in studio today. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a question. Bob and I are here to be able to just provide pastoral care for you. So if you have a prayer request, a question about the Bible, current events, you can give us a call. Lance is ready to take your phone calls, 844-596-73. You can also send a text, 719-315-1726. Let me give those numbers to you one more time. The phone number is 844-596-73, and the text-only number is 719-315-1726. You know, Bob, I really uh, appreciate, you know, your view of the city of Colorado Springs and and living here now almost uh, 20 years and in pastoring, you know, what do you see God doing in, in Colorado Springs? I know you're close with a lot of the pastors in the city and, and really have a heart for, for Colorado Springs. So, so what's your view? What are you seeing? That's a great question. Great question. Were you able to make that racial uh, rally we had downtown? Were you there? I, I did go. Day? Yeah. Down at Acacia Park. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was so powerful, man. Mm, we that had prayer that, time. We had that banner Behind us, it's uh, that verse out of Jeremiah, I want to say 29.7, pray for the welfare of our city. And when yeah. we pray for the welfare of our city, then we have welfare. And so that that really has resonated with me as it has mm. you. You have mm. a heart for the city. You're yeah. one of our city leaders. We thank God for a mayor mm. who has a heart yeah. for the city. Yeah. And wants to partner with faith, the faith community. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not every community city is blessed with that. Yeah. And so we've got a lot going for us. Obviously, it's kind of the Christian bubble in Colorado. I might right. overstate the case, but we got yeah. a lot of nonprofits, a lot of military people who tend, you know, to be a little conservative. So we've got a, an opportunity. We've got a city with its own culture, its own yeah. DNA. Yeah. And yet, Eric, we're we're becoming the capital of the world with these shootings. That's right. terrible. So heartbreaking. Yeah. We've had three in what, 18 years, 17 years. That's, right. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. A city of our size, mm. of our culture, yeah. in my opinion, to have those, it's, it's mm. heartbreaking. It's heart rendering. It's puzzling. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, of course, ungodly and all three of them just terrible, terrible things. Yes. Yeah. Any death is a, a terrible, terrible death. So, it has me scratching my head, you know, what's right. what's going on here. Obviously, we've got the, the spiritual warfare and all yeah. that going on. Teen suicide so high we here. We were the capital yeah. of the United States. For, yeah. yeah. We had, we had one high school we ministered had seven in one semester yeah. or something like that. Mind-blowing. Like, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So what's going on here? I think my take on it, Eric, it's just mm. my own here, my own perspective. I want to hear your perspective as well. Mm. Um I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has work to do. Mm -hmm. The hope of the world 
is the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. Whether that is defined as a building or a nonprofit ministry lifting up the name of Jesus, and we have right. we have obviously a lot in yeah. Colorado Springs. And one thing I have noted, Eric, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, I call it jumping the pond. We have mm. a, we have a lot of great nonprofits in our city. Thank God for them, mm-hmm. and they have a vision for the world. Yeah, and they're doing a great work around the world. Yeah, we've got work to do here in Colorado Springs. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We've got to be the light and the salt in our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We've got to speak the truth in love. Yeah. And and do things right and be the church and get out there and share Christ. See adult lives changed. Mm-hmm. I think our listeners, when is the last time you've had an adult conversion in your church? Right. Right. I think for some, uh, they can't even remember maybe. Mm. So uh, let the church be the church. Let us do what Jesus has asked us to do and commanded us to do, and that is just to make disciples. That's right. Be light and salt in our community. Yeah. See opportunities, say a good word about Jesus, Mm -hmm. and share the gospel with folks. Uh, The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Yeah. We just need to see people come to faith in Jesus, and as people come to faith in Jesus individually in a micro kind of way, it eventually will have a macro kind of influence. Right, right. The more people we see come to faith in Jesus, the less shootings we're going to have, the less suicides, and right. the less of these cultural problems we are engaging. That's my take on it. What about you, Eric? I yeah. What you have to I say am about it. wholeheartedly in agreement with you. Like I, I think that the need right now in our city and culture is the gospel. It's Jesus, you know, and, and it's a great time for the gospel Mm -hmm. because there's so much confusion and people are looking for answers and for the church to live out the great commission and be salt and light and, and share Jesus. And I I think that's the the hope and God's heart, you know, for our community. And I've always felt like our community tends to be fairly polar where you've got either for Christ or against Mm -hmm. Christ. And I know there's a lot of middle ground in between there, but you've got so many strong believers, strong churches, strong nonprofit ministries, but then you have those that maybe are even vocal about, mm-hmm. I, I'm not for for Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and there seems to be some polarization uh, there. But it, it's such a need for the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to speak the truth in love. Um, I love what you said on, on the break, would love to talk about that a little bit more, is is the what is the most important. That's truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I both are men of truth. We love the, the Word of God. But the how right now has never been more important. And if you mess up the how, yep. you, you lose the opportunity, you know, and would love your, your thoughts on that, you know, like the, the holding the truth, but how do we share it right now in our culture seems to be really important, you know. Absolutely. My son-in-law, Thomas Thompson, uh, you know, used to yeah. be pastor Pulpit Rock. He says there's position and posture. Hmm. I think that's a same, the, saying the same thing using different right. words and analogies. But uh, the what is always important, hmm. but the how has never been more important than now. And if we drop the how, we drop the what. Yeah. So how are we responding to folks who yeah. need the Lord and are, are living a, a lifestyle that we might not approve? How are we going to respond to them like, right. like Jesus did? I mean, he, yeah. Friend of sinners, we've got right. to somehow have relational bridges yeah. that are strong enough to carry a relationship with those who 
do not think like we do or have right. our faith posture, have that strong relational bridge yeah. so that when the opportunity avails itself, we can come across with, with the love of Jesus that challenges us yeah. to make him Lord. Yeah. These other issues, uh, acting out issues, uh, the issue is the, the human heart. Yeah. And when we yield to the Lord and follow him, these issues tend to take care of themselves with some discipleship, obviously. Right. But it comes down. I know it's simplistic. I, I'm with you. It yeah. comes down to, hey, uh, to just to get connected with the Lord, get connected with a community of yeah. faith. Yeah. And I think I think everybody, I don't know if they would agree with it or not, but they really want community. They want, we're made for relationship. Yeah. Now, some of us are more loners than others. I'm sure. a loner kind of guy, you know, self-sufficient yeah. kind of guy, but I, we, we long for a relationship. Yeah. Back to your statement about, to use an analogy, black and white, you know, yeah. Christian and anti-Christian. Yeah. Uh, the churches I had been a part of before and ministries I'd led before were in a context of cultural Christianity. Okay. In the South. Yeah. I'm telling you, I mm. love it here. Yeah. It's better to know where people stand, even though they're anti, at least yeah. you know where they stand. That's true, yeah. And we can have a discussion and dialogue or whatever, but it's those who are kind of in the shades of gray, the wannabes and the Pharisees, I call them. Yeah. Uh, they're hard to hard to deal with. That is something I think that is cool about Colorado, is it's not necessarily cultural to be a Christ follower. So if you're going to be a Christ follower and be a person of truth and yep. be plugged into a church, you're going to stand out here. Yep. And yep. I, I think that's a positive uh, thing, and, and God uses it. Um, in, in a Southern culture, I've never lived there. It seems like the cultural norm maybe is to go to church. And, sure. Yeah. Well, great insights. Thanks, Bob. Stay with us. We're going to head to a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Sure by now God you would have reached down and wiped our tears Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I have Pastor Bob Bender uh, with me from Cross uh, Fellowship. And we were just talking about our city, the needs in, in the city, and it reminds me of what opportunity we have coming up with Christmas and to really pray and look for those opportunities to to love people in Jesus' name, to proclaim the gospel invite people to come with you to your Christmas Eve uh, service. And I know that we're just so thankful at RMC. People invite people to come Mm. to the Christmas Eve services, and we really see it as an outreach. And I'm sure there's listeners that God has put somebody on your heart and invite them to your church this this church season, share the gospel, have that anticipation of God bringing people out of darkness into light for Mm. sure. Mm. Yeah. You know, Bob, as I was sitting here, I, th- I think you've got a really great vantage point and perspective of how to encourage listeners of how to support their pastors, you know? So if you could kind of speak to the church, you know, how, how can I help support my pastor? That's a great question. Uh, some folks, I think, out there in our congregations, Eric, they think there's male, female, and pastor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As if, as if we're in a category all by ourselves, right. you know. Yeah. Whether they <laughs> think of us as super spiritual or, right. or superhuman, yeah, 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 exactly. And so, want and I know you'd concur with this, Eric. Hey, 
we're human like everybody else. Mm-hmm. We've just been called to a position just like our lay people are called to a position. Mm. It's not an over-under situation. It's just the direction God has called us. And as we think in terms of what we have to lean on, and and I would say this to our lay people as well, man, you're called as well. Ephesians mm-hmm. said, walk in the calling wherewith you're called. And Paul right. was talking to folks there not in the ministry. So we all have a calling. Yeah. And to walk in that calling and to, and to be encouraged, and that's what pastors need really mm-hmm. is an, is encouragement we i don't know if the average person knows the the challenges and the pressures upon a pastor paul yeah. what is it second corinthians he gives us this litany he says i've been beaten and mm. stoned and left for dead and overnight in the ocean i don't know what three days some mm. unbelievable thing you go through that and you think my soul uh, paul what he mm. had to put up with and then you're probably familiar with this passage eric and the mm. last thing he said Last thing he wrote, mm. and add to this the pressure of the churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, that one phrase equals all the other pressures that he had of mm. a physical nature. Yeah. And as I considered in my own ministry there toward the end of it, I was probably getting a little compassion fatigue. Mm. You know, if your outgo exceeds your income, yep, keep going to be your downfall. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting a little fatigued here trying to, you know, help people grow mm. a church, build mm. buildings, raise yeah. money. It just it's, yeah. it drains you, man. I'm telling right. you. Yep. It sucks the life right out of you. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's dynamic. But the need of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think some things maybe not to do, uh, could I encourage our folks, uh, uh, please don't run up to your pastor right before he gets to get ready to preach and lied into him, you know, or, right. or talk about some problem in the church. Man, he's trying to get his mind right and his heart right to minister the word. Yeah. It, it, wait till after the service, you know, and yeah. talk to him, you yeah. know, or, or not on Monday morning, maybe right, Wednesday right. afternoon. And I would encourage them, Eric, what do you think? Man, if we're human, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But what, I, sure. what I say is just because a pastor makes a Negative one mistake of the head does not mean he's made a negative ten mistake of the heart. Right. It right. does. It doesn't mean that he's he has some nefarious uh, motivation here. Right. I tell my people never judge a man's heart because you can't know his motivation. Yeah. Now, if there's scientific evidence hmm. that he has a bad motivation, let's deal with it. But let's don't assume the worst. Right. And try to be an encouragement to our pastors. And if you've got a uh, something that's of concern to you, a problem that yeah. you see headed in a different direction, offer a solution. That's good. Man, just yeah. don't come to us and, 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 and you know, throw us under the under the bridge. Right. If you've got, a, you know, a, a problem, uh, many times I, well, what, what would you do if you were me? Right. You know, give me some help here. I, yeah. You know, we've got blind spots, personally. Yep. And blind, and blind spots in a macro in, kind of way. In leadership. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. There's dark side of leadership, man. We're just here. Yeah. But help us. Yeah. We need your help. We're in this together. Yeah. We're yep. in it together. So yeah. I keep telling our folks, whatever it is, we're in it together. That's right. Pastor and people. Yeah. So let's join hearts. Let's join hands. Let's solve this problem. Yeah. There's going to be some problems come up. Yeah. A uh, pastor friend of mine, John Bassanio, said, Bobby, you're going to have three problems in your ministry. It's either going to be money staff or people 
Hmm. Pray they never come at the same time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're always dealing with something. The challenges, Eric, on a pastor's life are just unbelievable. Yeah. The pressure. Yeah. And add to this, Paul says, all the pressure of the churches. That's emotional. Have you read The Emotional Healthy Church? I haven't. I need to pick it up. It's an excellent, excellent book. Mm. Every late leader ought to read it as well. Mm. I think the mistakes pastors make in leadership and the mistakes that happen in leadership in our churches or just the the churchgoers, they're not emotionally healthy, Eric. They've got issues they haven't dealt with either from their home of origin. We're getting off Mm. point here, but but what's, what's going on here? What's the deeper issue? Yeah. Exactly. There yeah. are surface problems, but there are un- underlying causes. Yeah. And there's a reason for every tone of voice. Mm. We've got to figure out what that reason is, where people are coming from, mm. seek to understand before, uh, you know, under the, understand them before seeking to be understood. Yeah. So I think all of that to say, uh, encourage your pastor. Yeah. The, the Bible says uh, death and life in the power of the tongue. Yeah. Death and life, the power of the tongue. And you and I both remember things people have said yeah. that have been hurtful, you know, yeah. and maybe in a, in a carnal way. I don't know. But yeah. uh, it really is, is, is a challenge. So breathe life on people, man. Don't yeah. breathe death on people. Yeah, that's great. Breathe life on people. Yeah. Encouragement. Yeah. And so I would say encouragement, obviously prayer. Yeah. What we pray as pastors met every Monday morning on our knees, Eric, as mm. pastors, we, we had this threefold mantra and that was, let's pray we'd be clean, hmm. contrite, and cooperative. With your pastoral with staff. With pastoral staff, yeah. Okay. When problems come up in life, it's hmm. either because we're not clean with God, yeah. we've got sin in our lives, or we're not contrite, we're not humble. Mm-hmm. We think we've done it. You yeah, know. yeah. Uh, pastors can strut sitting down, I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're not contrite. <laughs> yeah. And we're not cooperative. Yeah. We don't know how to share the load and work as a team. Hmm. So. Yeah, encourage your pastor with with words and and pray. For, I think those three things. I, yeah. I pray for our pastor every day. Yeah. Samuel said, "God forbid that I should sin against the Lord by not praying for you." Yeah. First Samuel two twenty three. Yeah. Eric, I would be sinning against God. Yeah. If I didn't pray for a certain amount of people on my prayer list every day. Yeah. So pray for your pastor and pray those things for him. Yeah. Encourage him. Yeah. And. And assume the best, man. Right, yeah. Why can't we assume the best? Why can't we come alongside of him and defend him? Yeah. And uh, we we did not, do not tolerate gossip and slander. Right. As a pastoral staff, we don't talk about each other. We talk to each other. Right. And uh, let's let's quit assassinating these people behind verbally. Right. It's, It's just killing us. Yeah. Yeah. Be an encouragement. Be positive. And when a pastor makes a mistake, hey, confront us. <laughs> yeah. We're not perfect. Yeah. You know, let us know. We got blind spots. That's man. right. So yeah. help us in this. We're human. Yeah. We need your help. We're in it together. And uh, just this superhuman idea of a pastor. Uh, I was laying uh, rocks in our front yard with <laughs> uh, one of our deacons, spiritual leaders of my last church. And this is the first church county seat, you know. Yeah. He said, now, Pastor, you know, we, we want you to, to try to be perfect. I said, well, I'm going to try, but I'm not going to make it. There's this ideal, see, that might need lower expectations just a little bit and yeah. work together to be more like Jesus. Yeah. Well, Bob, thanks so much for coming in. Everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great night.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.